Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Well, good morning. Uh, I'm here again to do another Setting Captives Free podcast. Um, I'm here with my brother. This is going to be uh, one of two, actually, the second one. Uh, and I'm here with my brother, Mike Cleveland. Mike, uh, how are you doing this morning? You ready to do another podcast? Yes, so ready, so thankful to be able to look at the cross together, Eric, to be able to join in fellowship around the cross and and to just worship him who gave his life for us and set us free and made us new. And so, yes, I'm just so thankful to be with you, Eric, and, and glad to be able to do this podcast together. Amen. It is just an absolute treasure uh, to look at the treasure who came after us and, uh, you know, he so loved us, brother, uh, that he was willing to die our death and take our place. And it's uh, just an extremely uh, incredible to, to consider uh, how Jesus became poor, that we might become rich. And so uh, today is the, the second half. Uh, yesterday, or last uh, podcast, we did Numbers 16, and we talked about uh, how Aaron had ran into the midst of the assembly uh, where the plague had started and uh, made atonement for the people. And it was acceptable to God, wasn't it, brother? Because the plague had stopped. And, and we could see that at the cross, uh, Jesus ran to the cross, uh, hung between the living and the dead, and the plague stopped. Brother, the sacrifice was acceptable and pleasing to the Lord. And uh, so, uh, brother, if you have anything to add to that introduction, that would be wonderful. Otherwise, we can jump into number 17. Just rejoicing that the plague did stop. You think about the wrath of God, you know, would brings terror on people in, in the end times where they call out for the rocks and the hills to fall on them. They'd rather, you know, die by that than to face the wrath of the lamb. But the plague has stopped for us. Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath to its last drop, and there's not a drop left for us. He was consumed in the fire of God's wrath, and so there's nothing flammable left in you or I. And I love that, Eric. I'm so thankful to Jesus, and um, he just so loves us, brother. He just so loves us. So that that's the only thing I had to say just in reminding people of the previous podcast that we did last in the last podcast. Well, now, every time you say something like that, brother, my heart rejoices, and I feel like I have to say something else, you know, because there might be someone listening uh, that still feels like they might be condemned uh, under judgment. But as you so well put, he drank the last drop. Uh, if we look at Christ and believe uh, that he had died in our place, took our sin, and crushed it to death in his own body, pouring out his blood, drinking the last drop, like you said, brother, and dying under the, the, the fire uh, of God's wrath. There's no judgment and condemnation left for the believer. And it is something to simply rejoice in. So we hope that those listening can really look at the cross and see that there's, there's nothing left for you. 
was fully paid and now you are fully pardoned. And so brother, we're, we're jumping into number 17. And if you would, brother, would you like to start us off there? Okay, sure. In number 17, it says, The Lord then spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, and get rods from them, a rod for each father's household, from all their leaders according to their father's households, twelve rods. Write every man's name on his rod, and write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi, his ancestor. For there's one rod for the head of each of their fam father's households. Uh, so I, I just look at this and what's going on here, Eric. The, the um, God is going to make a determination here upon whom his favor rests, upon whom he has chosen. Because remember, that is what is um, being discussed in number 16 is some people came and said, hey, we have God's authority too. Uh, we're, you're just like everybody else, Moses and Aaron, and we hear from God too, and we are uh, all approved of God, and what makes you think you're special? And so God says, oh, really? Well, okay, everybody get your rods and uh, bring them to the, to the tabernacle, and he's going to make a distinction here. And I think that's the setting for what we're studying here. Yeah, and this is just a, a wonderful story, uh, brother, as you've uh, started off with that introduction there. And you would think that in the past story that we did the podcast on last time, where Aaron ran into the assembly would have squashed all of that. <laughs> but here we have it again, where uh, there's going to be a determination. And like you said, the choosing um, of, you know, and, you know, just put an end uh, to this uh, debate on whom. God has actually chosen. Yes. And it's interesting that the manner in which he's going to reveal his choice, um, because remember, we had just studied in the previous chapter, uh, really seeing this picture of Jesus dying on the cross to remove God, to stop the plague of God's wrath. Um, you know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10 says that Jesus saves us from the wrath to come. How did he do that? He did it by enduring the wrath of God in our place. So that's the context of what's going to happen now in this story, is we've just seen the picture of the death of Jesus under the wrath of God. Now we're going to see something else, aren't we? Uh, yeah, we sure are. And as we uh, uh, continue, it is interesting that uh, these rods are supposed to come with the names on it. And next it says in verse uh, four, place them in the tent of meeting from the Ark of the Covenant, uh, in front of the Ark of the Covenant law, where I meet with you. Uh, the staff belonging to the man I choose will sprout and I will rid myself of this constant grumbling against you by the Israelites. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so interesting. Some of uh, the things that God does is, is kind of strange, isn't it? You know, put these rods down and, and uh, you know, the one belonging, the one I choose, one will sprout. And uh, this will put an end to the constant grumbling against you by the Israelites. It's kind of a strange uh, scenario here. It's kind of like when the rock was struck. I want you to strike a rock and water will come out. Here we have rods placed with names on it and we're going to put them in the tent of the meeting near the Ark of the Covenant Law where I meet with you and, and one's going to sprout. 
What do you think of that, brother? Well, it's very odd, and and yet God does nothing, um, you know, without purpose. There's a a reason why He's going to show the man He has chosen in this manner. Uh, there's a reason for everything, you know. Eric, you brought up the rock that was struck. Why in the world, you know, it's the Israelites that were sinning, grumbling, complaining, murmuring, and it's as if God chose a substitute, a rock to be struck and punished in their place. You know, as if God himself would be struck and punished. The rock of ages would be struck and punished. God does nothing without purpose and forethought. And here he's going to give us an amazing picture. And so he does it in this very strange way of every man bringing a rod. What's a rod, Eric? It's, it's a dead stick. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it's, it's dead. It's something that's been cut off. It's dried up. There's no sap left in it. Uh, there's no life in it. And uh, so, yeah, what, uh, what, what a strange, but like you said, brother, there, there's nothing, uh, there's meaning with everything that God does. And we're about to reveal that as we continue on. But yeah, the, uh, in that sense, the rod is dead and there's no life in it. And, and, and Moses um, deposited the rods um, before the Lord in the tent of testimony, the tabernacle. Um, those dead sticks were put before the Lord, and God is going to make a choice. It says in verse 8, now on the next day, Moses went into the tent of the testimony. Now remember, everything's dead up to this point. Um, they're just like you said, I like how you described the sapless sticks, you know, they've got no life in them. So he's going early in the morning now on in the next day, he's going to go to see all these dead sticks. And, and what happens here? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were reading. I'm sorry. I thought you were getting ready to read. Uh, you want me to continue on? on I was eight? You do it. <laughs> What's that? I was letting you do it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was Okay, let me go. Verse 8, sorry about that. The next day Moses entered the tent and saw that Aaron's staff, which represented the tribe of, tribe of Levi, had not only sprouted, but had budded, blossomed, and produced almonds. <laughs> Brother, this is absolutely amazing. That which was dead was now living. Uh, that which had no life whatsoever, uh, no sap in it, uh, was dried up and essentially worthless, was now had sprouted, had budded, blossomed, and produced almonds. And God has revealed his choice. Uh, God has made it very clear. And uh, so this is just a beautiful picture of the cross, isn't it, brother? It's a beautiful picture of the cross and the resurrection both. Mm. You know, we, we think about how... Aaron ran into the assembly and stopped the wrath of God, even as Jesus, you know, hung between the living God and dead men and took away God's wrath, stopped the plague. And, and what follows next after that is coming to the presence of the Lord where you're expecting to find dead sticks and you instead find a living one of them whom God has chosen and he revealed his choice through resurrection power, that which was dead is now alive, and not only alive, but producing fruits and yielding almonds and producing blossoms. And this life is the 
the uh, showing forth whom God has chosen. Um, and so, Eric, you know, I, I can't help but see in this story the pointing forward to the resurrection of Jesus and whom the Israelites had put to death, God had made alive hmm. and showed his choice in that way. And so if you um, were to look at, for example, Hebrews chapter 7, it says uh, in that chapter that, um, sorry, Hebrews 7 verse 23 uh, and 24 talk about the Israelites um, and the priesthood of Aaron. And it says that uh, they were prevented by death from continuing on. Mm. But on the other hand, Jesus holds his priesthood permanently and without change. Why? Because he lives on forever. Mm. He, he was raised from the dead, and, and therefore God is showing his choice of the high priest through resurrection power. And that's the story we have illustrated for us in the book of um, uh, Numbers chapter 17. Amen. And Jesus uh, is the branch, is he, isn't he, brother? He is the branch that was cut off and left for dead uh, and who rose in power uh, on the third day. This is why the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death and the resurrection for the forgiveness of sins, is the power of God. It's the power for those who believe that we might die and be raised from our, you know, being buried in a tomb, it might rise. And I love how it says here that, uh, that the, the stick had not only sprouted, but had budded, blossomed, and produced almonds. And, and this, is the, this is how the Christian life, how we can die with Christ, and we can raise with Christ, and we can bear fruit for Christ, some 60 or 30, 60, and 100 fold. And, uh, you know, this gospel is bearing fruit all over the world. And it's just amazing to consider uh, that God would so love us this much, brother, that he would send his only son, uh, that he would show us in not only Numbers 16, 17, but from Genesis to Revelation, uh, brother, pictures, shadows and types of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the love of God that he has for us. This isn't cheap grace, friends. Uh, this is demonstration of God's deep love for mankind uh, that he would show us in various illustrations throughout all of Scripture that we might not miss it, <laughs> that, we, we, that we would rejoice in it, uh, that we would become, uh, you know, we're like before Christ, we're like the dead stick with no sap and no life, can do nothing. Um, but when we're laid down at the altar of the cross where Christ purchased us and pardoned us, forgave our sins and made us new, uh, brother, to rise up from our old life, uh, bearing fruit uh, is just absolutely incredible and breathtaking. Yeah, I love how you mentioned that and, and really applied this story not only to Jesus' resurrection, but you know, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul wants us to know the power of God. And he says that power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. 
and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Mm -hmm. So in other words, the power that the believer experiences is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Maybe, you know, someone's listening and they themselves have felt dead in sins and trespasses. They can't seem to escape. Uh, guilt carries them back out into the ocean of sin every time they start to make a little progress. And, and yet they have to understand, Eric, the power of the cross to forgive their sins completely. Mm -hmm. The power of the resurrection to take them out of the tomb of sin Mm -hmm. to make them free and free indeed. Um, you know, I think about John 15 that talks about this very thing that says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And later he says, I have chosen you to go and bear fruit. Well, isn't that what happened in Numbers chapter 17? Where hey. God talks about Aaron? I chose him. And the evidence is the fruit. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. A, a fruit. And, and so, Eric, there's power. Maybe somebody's listening and their marriage is dead. You know, it's like that branch that's sapless. It, it's mm. just lying with all the other branches. God has power. This is what we, we, have, we want so badly to get through to people. God has power, resurrection power. He can take a dead stick, make it produce fruit budded, blossomed almonds. He can take a dead marriage and resurrect it through his power. And Eric, this happens as both people come to the cross and look up and see that dead stick, right? The, the cross is the dead stick that early in the morning, Jesus rose from the dead to forgive you, to pardon all your transgressions, to wipe out your guilt, to crucify the law that was against you, to put it to death so that you can understand God is for you, not against you. This power, Eric, is not just for raising, giving life to sticks, <laughs> for human beings to experience transformative power. Wow. <laughs> that was absolutely wonderful, brother. And I just wanted you to keep on talking. That was beautiful and wonderful. And I hope that somebody listening can recognize that exactly what you said, brother, this is what heals, unites, forgives, and, and is able to save a marriage that is potentially dead or, or at the brink of, uh, you know, of divorce. Or, or the man or woman who is trapped in sin's uh, slavery. I mean, this cross is so powerful that it, it does it all. It, it crucifies flesh. It sets free from slavery. It, it, you can cross the Red Sea uh, and, and have your path cut off and look back and see the salvation of the Lord where the enemy dies. The enemy's been put to death. Uh, you know, God has won the victory through his son dying on the cross. And maybe you've been like Mike and I in the past where you've had your mind clouded and your life taken over. Uh, this cross is for you. It's not just for salvation and, 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 you know, and a ticket to get to heaven. It's for sanctification. It's to make you new today. It's to, to, for, for you to die with Christ today and to raise new life today so that you can be a free man or woman right now. 
this is the power of the cross. You can be forgiven and free and have no guilt whatsoever. Do you see, my friends, that there's no condemnation left? It was all put on Christ. There's no judgment left for you. This is what overwhelms our hearts when we look at the cross. This is what pierces our hearts and heals our hearts when we look at the cross and realize that by his wounds, you've been healed. It's the healing balm. His wounds are the healing balm for your life and for your marriage and for whatever trouble or depression or fear or anxiety or whatever it is, friends. This powerful cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ does it all, literally, Mike. And, and it's just, it brings just such joy to our hearts. We want others to experience the joy and the freedom purchased at the cross for, all, for us. This is all, all of this, the Bible says, is from God, whom through Christ reconciled us to himself. And then, brother, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself through his death, through his shed blood, through his breathing of his last breath, not counting our trespasses against us. They were counted against Christ as if he were the, the, the one with sin, though he never did. He was treated as though he was a sinner, brother, for us. And then God would entrust us with this message of the cross to others. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I am being hit with wave after wave of the love of God as you were speaking. I can't hardly come up for air um, just because it's what you just said, Eric, is words of life. You know, we, we experience in this life, we experience so many problems and so many areas of where sin wreaks havoc. You know, the way of the transgressor is hard, it says in Proverbs 13. And yet Jesus endured that hard way. He was put under God's wrath. He endured the suffering of, of the, the Father turning his face away from him. My God, my God, he said, why have you forsaken me? And so this is the culmination of a world of suffering put on the shoulders of Jesus where he experienced desertion from God the Father, where he experienced the result of our sin, which is darkness and how even the earth shook in that time and the rocks split apart. Nature itself was cut in two because it's showing forth that our hearts, Eric, as we come to the cross, are, are, we experience this cutting this our hearts are split in two like those rocks were mm. and this happens every time we come to the cross even as you were preaching the gospel right there my heart was being cut in two like those rocks there at the cross and you know this is the power of god where the holy spirit applies this powerful cross to our hearts and as he does so the spirit of god comes again to us and raises us up and makes us fruitful like those uh, dead sticks, like this dead stick of Aaron. God saying, I've chosen you, Aaron. You are my anointed priest. Even as the resurrection vindicated Christ 
um, and even though the Jews had put him to death, God had raised him from the dead and vindicated him. And you know what's really wonderful is, Eric, if you look at uh, Romans chapter 4, um, it, it shows not only the vindication of Jesus, but us as well. I'm just bringing it up. It says Romans 24 verse 21 of being fully convinced that God had the power to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith, talking about Abraham, was credited to him as righteousness. Now, not for his sake alone was it written that it was credited to him, but for our, ours also, to whom righteousness is credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus from the dead, who was betrayed and crucified because of our sins and was raised from the dead because of our justification, that is, our acquittal, absolving us of all sin before God. You want to know if you're truly absolved of all sin? Then ask yourself this question, did Jesus raise from the dead? Hmm. <laughs> and if you believe that, then you must understand you are acquitted. You are absolved of all guilt. You are forgiven of all sin. You are pardoned. Jesus was punished and you are pardoned. He rose from the dead, meaning you are justified before God. Hmm. Wow. Amen, brother. I just love that. I love when you, uh, you know, when your heart is soaring, uh, it's, it's evident. And, and maybe someone's listening and they can, uh, they're, they're seeing the cross and every passage that we have shared today, uh, hopefully they have seen the cross in it, brother. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, for this podcast, we're coming to a close. But maybe someone, uh, Mike, is, is right at the brink of, of saying, yeah, this is for me. Um, maybe their 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 wounds are deep, and they're 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 right there. They're they're almost ready to see the cross and all its glory. Brother, would you speak uh, to someone, and then and then close us in prayer? Yes, it's time. It's time for you to see. Maybe you have been on the brink. Maybe you're straddling the fence. Well, open your eyes right now and look. God has loved you and sent his son to not only remove the guilt of your sin, not only to pardon you from your transgressions, not only to wipe the slate clean and give you a new start, but in power to raise you from the dead, to, to give you new life, a new start, a new beginning, where you'll have a new heart, so that if you have a new heart, you'll do different things than you did before because you'll love different things than you did before. You'll begin to hate the sin that you were once involved in, the depression that covered you like a cloud. You will hate it. And instead, you will love the one who gave himself for you, who was condemned in your place, so there's no condemnation for you. Father in heaven, I take this one right now who's on the brink, as Eric described, who's straddling the fence, uh, not sure if you really mean him or her, that you've really pardoned him or her. Oh God, right now, come by your Holy Spirit and display the vision of the cross before them. Let them see Jesus running to the cross in order to stop the wrath of God from reaching this one, this man, this woman, 
God, help them to see right now that you suffered in their place, that, that God, you poured your wrath out on your son instead of them. And then, Lord, help them come to that tomb early in the morning, like Mary did, expecting to find Jesus dead, and help them to see that he has risen in power, that he's now producing fruit, the life of believers who have come and put faith in that crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, and how now their hearts can be cut, can be broke open like those rocks at the cross. Lord, I pray for this. I pray that this one might experience resurrection power, and that you would show that by producing fruit through them, you've chosen them, even as you chose Aaron, even as you chose Jesus to be the great high priest who ever lives to intercede for us. Lord, help this person just now to close with you, to die to sin, to rise to new life, to see that they're pardoned and empowered to now go forth and sin no more because there's no condemnation for them. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.